what's up guys this is episode 27 of drinks and dogs uh with myself and the amazing katie matthews how are you doing sir i'm doing good buddy i'm doing good 27 is actually one of my favorite numbers don't ask me why it's completely irrational <laughs> i just have always liked the number 27 27 that's awesome awesome so before we get started here i got a shout out to our sponsors uh ray allen manufacturing you know they've been making as as in the working dog podcast says they've been making gears before dogs were made type of a thing um but you can always head over to rayallen.com if you want to be super supportive of the podcast you can head over to rayallen.com forward slash k9sl and use the code primal 10 to get a discount on all your dog training gear needs they have a bunch of stuff whether it may be from working dogs to pet work whatever it may be anything you need i'm pretty sure you can find it on there other than the food uh, also shout out to margarita's uh, bar and grill and a uh, marco specifically for the dudes and dress tequila which uh we still haven't got out to katie which we got to uh you gotta get that over there g so katie and i can have a good time on here drinking tequila or when katie comes down here which is probably going to be pretty soon, considering some of the plans we have with Ken and Shirley, but that's for a different topic. Yeah. And a different <laughs> podcast as well, as we have things going on. So how, how has everything been going, brother? I know we we did a Ken NSL where I asked you how your Thanksgiving went and all these other things, but that didn't get recorded. So we have to redo it again. But how did how was everything going? How was your how was, how was life before we roll into the the topics we want to talk about? Good. As usual, I refuse to. Oh, wait a minute, dude! Hold on, hold on. Oh, I gotta Cheers. do it. Cheers, Cheers to you, buddy. I'm not gonna say what I'm drinking because they didn't sponsor the show. Neither am I. <laughs> um, everything's been good, mostly because I refuse to accept anything else. Mindset, man. Mindset. I'm right now. I'm like mid decision. Um, that today's Tuesday, a Tuesday that we're recording this. I'm not going to say what time of day it is that we're recording this because I don't need any more judgment on what I'm sipping on. How do you know it's not apple juice, people? You don't know. Um, Same. Trying to debate whether I'm going to race on Saturday. So, oh, the yeah, the race season has started, and I'm pretty out of shape. I've been, but I've been putting the work in like every morning I wake up super early. I get to where I ride at. I ride for an hour and a half. Then I pack up no socializing, no hanging out with everybody. I come home and then I work all day. Um, so I've been getting the work in on the bike. Uh, but does race like, okay. is race shape similar? Like I, I, I know nothing about motorcycles or motocross or even remotely anything like that, but does race shape, is that a cardio thing? dude it is insane muscular endurance now okay. to clarify i don't i don't do motocross because i don't fly through the air i ain't i'm not there yet i don't know if i ever will be i do hair scrambles which is kind of like an enduro um it's riding through trails and woods and fields and over obstacles and but even um, the in and, the in the name enduro yeah it's endurance. 90 so my races are 90 minutes long Damn, so there you go. You're nonstop for 90 minutes. So when you talk about endurance, like if you look at even like any dirt bike professional, some sometimes what separates one from everybody else is who they hired for their conditioning. Wow. Like there are big names in the you know motocross world of guys you hire it's no different than fighting man like you know whose camp are you going to yeah. who's who's your coach who's your man who's doing that it's the same thing and like there are guys who are that's all they do is they build the conditioning of these athletes and athletes they are i mean yeah there's some natural talent that comes involved in that activity like anything else um but the muscular endurance is it's nuts because it's a whole but people think oh you're not pedaling no you're trying to control 250 pounds of metal that wants you off of it yep. the whole time 
and from your forearms to your neck to your the core i mean my lower back has been super sore not from injury but just from weakness um as i've been trying to you know get in shape so it is a massive physical uh conditioning and like many things the best way to get in shape for something is to do it um but then you factor in the mental aspect of it the mental fatigue like i did my first race earlier this year and i i didn't finish it i mean i i i, I ranked but I, I couldn't go for the full 90 minutes and usually in the class that I'm in, not very many people do. Um, but I had to pull off the course, not from physical, not for physical reasons. I had to pull off the course for mental reasons. I lost all fine motor skills. Like they talk, you know, you talk about like, we talk about fighting and we talk about things where, you know, you get under massive amounts of mental stress and then you just start doing, you just start doing weird things. Your yeah. body just starts like, you ask someone to raise their left hand, they raise their right hand, like legitimately weird stuff starts happening. Well, that happened to me because I got hit and I crashed and I got back on the bike and all of a sudden, like, dude, I went to shift and I hit the brake. And just for people that don't know, like the shifter is on the left side of the bike and the brake is on the right side. And I lifted up with my right foot and I'm like, huh? And then I hit the front brake when I was giving it throttle like all i was done mentally like it was yeah you know and you can't help but think about dogs <laughs> they can't help but think about stress and how it impacts dogs and not to derail our conversation and talk about some subtopic like dogs on a you know on drinks, drinks and toss podcast I mean, why would i talk about dogs but man it's all relative it is drink, it's all and i i say naming. you know when i'm working with my clients i spend a lot of time talking about everything but dogs like that's where the magic happens it's with the dog owner and i think that's the applicable thing that happens like when you know how to talk to your clients like when you worry like you it's Talking about dogs is, you know, dog training is not dog training. It, it never is. And it, it never should be. I mean, like it's dog training is talking to people how they should, you know, you know, as you know, Katie, you say it all the time. And if anyone doesn't ever like, doesn't know, like, you know, don't, when we're watching this, watch Katie's Instagram, like go talk to like talk to him on Facebook. He talks a lot about, it's not about dog training. It's not the fancy spinning like shit that I do. It's, talking about how a person needs to be mentally able to perceive the information that they're getting so they can communicate to the dog. And I think that's super important because, you know, that's what we said. It's like dog training is not about dogs. It's, it's uh, always typically about the person. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I talk about on my social media sometimes while well, I'll talk about what I'm doing with a dirt bike or what I'm doing with physical fitness or what I'm, you know, when I was training in jujitsu uh, we won't go there uh but like the relevant it's all it's it's all relevant in several different ways one it's relevant because people need to grow period you want to be a better dog owner you got to be a better owner which means being a better human you got to be a stronger version of yourself and that is where conversations like okay yeah we'll talk about what i'm doing on dirt bike or we'll talk about what you know you're always doing crazy stuff with you know your physical fitness and how you're you know i admire what you're doing with with the bows and like how you study that art and that craft of of using a bow it's like all these things that we that we do in life absolutely can potentially impact how we are as a dog owner because it impacts who we are as a person period Absolutely. that's why all this stuff is relative that's why i love this show too and like... i think that and it's something that you said and it's part of the group that you're around it's like it like it's pressure to progression or something like that or like pressure to pressure power. to power shout so out like, to justin garcia pressure to power and like i fully believe in that like that's why i like i mean like uh, so without disclosing too much this morning with this podcast almost didn't happen because i was I thought I was going to go to the ER this morning at three thirty this morning. I had some tremendous stomach pain, and I I have I've had scares with cancer before, uh, where they you know they're like, hey, you got a few months to live, and then you're gonna die. So like, I, and I have my kid with me too, 
on my my daughter Ivy. So I'm like, I'm like thinking at three thirty this morning, I'm like, man, am is this it? Like, am I gonna go? Type of a thing. Like, is this is this the is this what's gonna happen? Because it was some scary stuff. I'm not gonna get into the body fluidity aspect, body fluidity aspect of what was coming out of my my ends here. But it was bad, and it was it was to the scarcity of that, and uh, you know I I, I kind of we we trucked through it, and I'm like all right I don't I don't know what's going on. I'm talking to Aaron, um I'm waiting for my daughter to wake up, see how like how she feels because I'm thinking like maybe maybe food poisoning from what we ate last night, you know what was going on, so my daughter wakes up, she's like Daddy, she's like my stomach feels bad, and I'm like I'm like okay like and maybe some food poisoning that we both got because we ate the same thing. Yeah, like I've been up since a first certain period of time. So like she has been up for a certain period of time. So, you know, she she had we obviously got food poisoning from wherever we ate. But I was like, dude, I was like, man, I was like, thank like, you know, there's a there's a lot of person uh portions of that where I was like, I mean, I may need to cancel the day. So I was thought I thought I had to go to the hospital because I was like, oh, maybe like maybe like maybe I maybe this is a serious situation. So I was like, dude, I was like, screw it, like let's just push through it and like let's do the podcast, let's go do what we gotta do and have this conversation and all the things because i think it all it all falls in falls in two and two when it comes to what we talk about on this is you gotta sometimes you gotta do things that it's not like i don't ever want to talk to you on the on the mic katie but like you know it's like you gotta do things you gotta do in order for the greater power and to show people like hey like you know because you got a little tiny little bug thing doesn't mean you can stop doing what you have to do in the in every day of your life uh, and, you know, you get to push through and like, that's kind of like my, that's always been my whole entire life in general is pushing through things you got to do, you don't want to do, but I will probably pop in here in a second here and be like, Hey, what's up, Logan Katie? Uh, now that she knows you, she's going to, she's going to walk back in, back and forth. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think of another big takeaway from this type of situation. And, and I don't just mean, I don't, I mean, before you really realized it was food poisoning because you have had some some health challenges right and you have had some moments where there's some thoughts going through so i think what's really really important is how we handle those thoughts and how we handle those situations right so that's something that i, I talk about with my clients a lot is you're you're now in a moment you're in a moment in time where something messed up is happening. You got options. You got a whole bunch of options. Options on what you're going to literally physically do and options on how you're going to think about what's happening and what you're going to do. Absolutely. And leadership is demonstrated in a big way by how you handle those moments personal strength mindset how do you handle those moments you know um i just had this conversation maybe like two weeks ago um yeah yeah i think it was like two weeks ago um with my son right i remember when he was probably like five or six maybe little guy little 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 and he broke his arm Right. So he was playing with his mother in the living room. I'm in my office and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> I hear a scream, right? I'm like, oh boy, that ain't good. And then she's screaming my name and I come in and he's holding his arm, right? He tripped and fell on the floor and landed the wrong way. I looked at him. I looked at her. I instantly saw I needed to get her out of the room immediately just based on the energy. I'm not knocking her. I mean, she was, she was upset. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. She hadn't been in that situation before. It's a normal so, human reaction. Yeah. And a mother, mother, like motherly normal reaction. Yes. So I instantly, like on the spot, gave her a to-do list. Like, okay, what I need you to do right now is I need you to go find his insurance cards any insurance documentation that you need i need you to get your purse i need you to get your wallet i need you to get your keys and i need you to get all that together and i want you to get a bottle of water and i want you to get in the car get the air conditioning going and get it started 
Say it back to me. What are you going to do? She said it back to me and boom, got her out. Now I got the most panicked person not panicking as much because I gave her shit to do. Now I'm looking at him and to his credit, this little son of a gun, he did not drop a single tear through the entire experience. I might add, like, I'm so proud of him to this day. That's what we were talking about. That's how I started talking. Not a single tear. Now mind you, he's like, right away with him. I was like, all right, here's what you're going to do. I need you to breathe only through your nose. Can you only breathe through your nose? Show me you can breathe through your nose. Not through your mouth. You're breathing through your mouth. Come on, through your nose. Never mind your arm. No, hold on. Just hold it like this. Just keep it there. Never mind that. I want, no, breathe. Don't show me. And we, and I just ran him through. I just distracted him and got him thinking about breathing. Right. Well, man, I think the most, yeah, I think the, like the, and this is something that, like, I want to make sure that people hear on this one is that the stress inoculation that creates a response, right? Like, how you deal under like heavy amounts of stress is what creates the results and like, you know, behavioral patterns moving forward. So the fact that you were able to do like, hey, like you, and it's a paralanguage, right? So like, imagine if she's freaking out, he's going to freak out, right? So it's always going to adaptive to the situation, which I add automatically re- in response to how we deal with dogs, but let's talk on the human side of it for now in your situation, you know, like you immediately like, oh, hey, like my son is, is has a significant event. My wife or my fiance is dealing with it as a normal person would, nothing discrediting them you know, like stressing out because like, oh shoot, something happens to them. So they're panicking. What is that? What is that showing the kid? Like, oh, this is a real significant event. I am tired. I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. All these things are going on and how to deal with that. Like, you know, like you're showing them how to deal with it when that happens. And like, that's something I learned late in life. And I'm super pumped. Like you're like, I'm, I'm just hearing that. Like, that's why I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> I was like, damn, I was like, yeah, like, dude, like, that's freaking awesome. Like, because I think like a lot of people need to like do that, like, you know, evaluate the situation, you know, de escalate it, show what's going on, and like, you know, then go forward versus like, you know, panic, 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 call 911. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, you know, go Muppet hands everywhere. Like, you know, that's like what everyone most people do. Like, it's just like, ah, it's crazy. <laughs> You know, like that's, I've never heard that before. You know, go my pants in that sense, and like it shit goes crazy. You know, like and I, I, I you know, I, I that's what awesome that you guys were able to do. I mean, it sucks that your son broke his hands, but like you know, broke his hand, but like you know, at the same time, it's like that the way that you handle that's awesome. Well, I'm all for kids breaking shit when they're kids. Get that out of the way while your growth hormone levels are through the roof and you're made of rubber and you will probably heal like in two days. Like they're all little Wolverines. Like and when they break bones. King. Huh? And you're not liver king. And, and that something worse. Uh, no, not yet. Not I have let me finish this drink before we talk about <laughs> um do it now. Get it out of the way now because getting that dealing with that stuff as an adult. Like, no bueno. I mean, my whole adult life now for the past easy 10 years has been trying to undo what I consider to be dysfunctional or needs improvement behavior patterns and mindsets that started when I was a kid that got fed for far too long. And finally, I got in my mid-30s and I'm like, you know what? I don't like this, this, or this about myself, but I'm actually going to do something about it. I'm not broken. I don't need to fix anything. I just want to change things. I just want to improve. I just want to get stronger. So I'm trying and and you know as a father like that's my mission is to get him set up in a way that he doesn't have to deal with trying to rewire the system at 45 years old. And it start it it starts with things like, hey, you broke your arm. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how we're gonna deal with immense pain. Here's how we're gonna deal with uh, stress. Here's how we're gonna deal with all these things. And guess what, you little son of a gun, you didn't cry. Are you kidding me? You didn't drop a single tear. Like, all right, you know, here, why didn't you? And then we talk about it, and we unpack it, and then we go through it. Now, the reality is, <clears throat> this is how your dog needs to see you like i agree something bad happens the dog is looking at you the dog is smelling you the dog is everything you they know how you feel 
Remember, dogs don't know what you're thinking, but they know how you feel. And if you're, and I'm totally going to use, like, I, I've never heard that Muppet Hands thing, by the way. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to use the crap out of that. If you are Muppet Hands in that moment when that dog is charging you from across the park or from across the street, that dog is going to look at you and be like, all right, well, you don't have your together. So I guess it's on me. And most dogs are simply not equipped to handle that like type of every stress, dog. that type of pressure. And like, this is something that we're going to talk about later, because I know you want to bring this up. But even think about in the sense of we bred, we domesticated dogs to create them to be biddable. And for people who don't understand what biddability is or biddable, like biddable is, Google it right now. We'll take 30, but we'll take about like five seconds to talk about like, you know, to brief it. So they Google all this. B-I-D-D-A-B-L-E. Yeah. See, Katie was nicer than I was, which didn't tell you what how to spell it. So it meant it means to be dependent in the, or dependent on something. Whereas the normal concept, and I think you posted about this uh, recently, Katie, or like in like, you know, within the last year where, you know, dogs are not wolves. And if that makes if that doesn't make sense to anybody else, like dogs are not a wolf. We domesticated the animal to be a domesticated animal to be biddable to us. So a lot, so them having free function to do their normal thought process is not a is like we can't allow we like it's just not there. So when we do apply a biddability to them, we we do not know we no longer they no longer have that free thought process. So when we talk about things like, you know, with uh, the Great Pyrenees, Katie. I've been doing some. All right. So this, <laughs> the car just came to a stop and Mike Jones just took us off roading, flipping into four wheel drive, turn on the flux <laughs> capacitor and let's play some ACDC. Um, yeah. All right, folks, I hope you all processed what we were talking about because we got to move on. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that type of stuff again. All right, so you didn't hear about this until I told you, correct? No, no, I, I literally, what, last night I was putting the kid to sleep and you you texted me this and I'm like, I'm thinking like, shoot, like what happened online? And then you sent me that and I'm like, oh, this is clickbait. <laughs> like there's no way like there's no way i mean if someone thinks that that's a, re a real thing like that's pretty all right so let's 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 let everybody know this is where if we were in the same room like rogan and we had a jamie to pull up the internet article like that's how that works Gee. all right so, so apparently this pull this article up <laughs> <laughs> what number um, are we at <laughs> the very recently it's all over news outlets media outlets is a story and the story is that a 20 month old that is so relevant so let's stop let's stop here the re the fact that the the news article said 20 month old indicates the fact that they think the dog is young versus saying one year, six month old or eight month old, whatever it may be, at that point indicates the elder age of it, right? Because they do it with kids all the time. Eighteen month old child learns how to walk and does this, yeah. Versus yeah, exactly. a, a year and a half one. Now, so the reason why this is relevant because this dog and the story that we eventually will unfold for you um, is, is uh, Great Pyrenees. Now, Great Pyrenees, for those who don't know, Livestock Guardian, part of the Molosser category of dogs, Mastiff, if you will. They're notoriously slow-maturing dogs. Like, they're puppies until they're senior citizens. Like, there's like a little window of a couple years in the middle where they're just like adults and then they start aging, right? So it's a slow to mentally mature, basically general rule people, um, the larger, physically larger the dog, the slower they mature mentally and physically. The smaller the dog, the quicker. Um, I remember when my buddy got a Patterdale and 
it was probably two months younger than a um a pit bull bully mix that i had at the time and when you saw the two of them together like the patterdale looked like an adult dog the way it moved the way it functioned its muscle tone its body everything meanwhile my dog's tripping over his freaking legs right and like my dog was older so the smaller dogs mature mentally and physically faster all right back to the story 20 month old great pyrenees apparently was doing its job it was out with its sheep and a pen on the property and a pack now all i'm doing folks right now is i am just parroting what the headlines are saying and i've read about five different articles to try to get five to get as many different versions of this as possible 11 coyotes not sure well, how they in some places oh the story is that the fish is it's getting expanding bigger. bro it's expanding oh my gosh this wow. came from a bass to a uh great white shark pretty quickly <laughs> so we got 11 to 12 <laughs> coyotes come into this pen at which point this prepubescent adolescent if you will mastiff engages with several of them and then they flee and it pursues them and it isn't until 48 hours later that the dog comes home the owner apparently just couldn't it was dark out owner didn't follow didn't try to follow just heard sounds of combat apparently off in the distance and the dog came back with some abdominal, some pretty severe abdominal wounds. And neck and wounds. The, there, was, it, there was neck wounds too? Yeah. They, it, so in the missing. vet report that I read was that there was flesh removed on the neck, abdominal, and leg. And they explained why the coyotes did it because they were trying to kill the dog. And that's where they're saying that like, hey. This dog is so strong because it dealt with a neck removal. And, and this is what they said, too, like what L the dog was. But there was a 12-inch neck removal of uh, like of skin. So that made it difficult for them to actually restitch everything because there was a neck, 12-inch neck removal of actually like skin to where they're like, I don't know how we're going to repair this dog because they fought that many dogs or coyotes or whatever it may be. Apparently, the dog comes back 48 hours later with all these wounds. I do not know how it was determined. Did the guy go out and just go searching for bodies that the dog apparently killed eight of them? Twelve. No, he only killed. He killed. I've I've heard that he killed eight out of the 12. Go back to the body report now. It's 12. On online, no, yeah, they're, they're, they're even changing the number of coyotes that he killed. It's a dozen now. This here, the hero killed 12. So that's that's the story. Now, why were you know, why were Mike and I talking about this last night? Well, like, I'm a skeptic. I'm I am very healthily skeptical. I look at everything based on data, logic, previous experience, previous knowledge, and then I consult with people who have more knowledge and experience than me. And right away, this story doesn't add up. I am not saying that it's 100% false. I'm not saying that at all. I like no. What I'm saying is the information we are being given doesn't add up and it's so it's not surprising to see how people are responding to this story online like they are oh my gosh you know like you mentioned the hero it's a hero story and it's like oh my gosh this is amazing da, 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 da. and meanwhile i'm like that dog doesn't have a mark on his face he fought to the death he unalived between eight and 12 yotes and he doesn't have a single puncture mark on his muzzle now, if you know anything about coyotes and you know anything about dog-coyote encounters, it's highly unlikely that a dog is going to engage in mortal combat with 
multiple, let alone one, and not get any puncture wounds at all. Because if you watch coyotes, have you know their canines are typically longer than domestic dogs, and you know their their style of fighting in in those moments, it's frantic, it's feverish, it's for survival. You're gonna get hell. I, I this this is not my words. I this got read this the way another guy who's an expert on this, by the way, uh, put it. He was like, heck, your dog can go into a dog park and get into it with a border collie and come out with more punctures. Like, and I read that and I was like, you're damn right. Like something doesn't add up. Now I'm going to be curious to see if suddenly this dog is going to be up for stud in six months to a year, or if there's a kennel that will be formed around this. It reminds me of the old doggo Argentino no, propaganda. Happen with like a puma hanging from a tree. And it's like this one dogo defeated a puma. If you know anything about mountain lions, I ain't no one dog defeat. Ain't no single dog. Like cats are superior. I'm not going to get, you know, that's a whole separate subject. They're superior uh, predators. Um, At least in but, their head, they think they're superior. Yes. <laughs> yes. One-on-one. -on -one, Which means a lot in the dog communication. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm just not, I'm not buying it the way it's being sold. How about that? That's the way I will say it. I'm not buying it the way it's. So I, I will, I will go ahead and say like, I, I'm a city boy. I, I was uh, raised in Eastside San Jose and I had a bunch of different crazy stuff going, like, you know, there, but when I moved to the area that I lived and Katie, you've been to where I live, like I'm kind of in the cuts a little bit. I have coyotes. I also have at upwards of 15 dogs in my area. And like, you know, uh, of the, 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 you know, the dogs I have in my space. I have never once seen a coyote come up to my area in general, like with like with my dogs there, let alone seeing some you know, dog, I mean, like, I, I actually don't have no prey animals there either. So let alone seeing some, dog, like, you know, coyote come in and try to attack any of my dogs or like any of our personal assets in that, in that, in that sense. But like, that's, that's the crazy thing to me. It's like, you know, seeing, seeing people say like, you know, like, oh, uh, my concern is in general is the fact that like, you know, people are going to think like, oh, now I need a, need a great Pyrenees. Now I need this. Now I need that because of that por that portion of it. When it's not an actual realistic thing, like it's just something that we well, put out there. That's what's going to happen. You know, people are going to get all excited. Now, the reason why, though, I I'm going to just throw something out there is, you know, these folks do have livestock. I believe they had sheep or goats. I think it was sheep. Um, so you don't. There's no reason why any yote should be coming close to your stuff because quite honestly risk versus reward you don't have anything there that would be worth dealing with the amount of fire you have on your yard right like all that dog urine of some of those monsters you have like there's no there's no reason to like there's nothing there there's no carrot there's no there's there's no motivator there. There's no reward there to deal with that. Now, someone who does have livestock, all right, that's that's a different story, you know. And for there to be that many of them, like there's some theories they've talked to some, you know, biologists, and they're like, you know, that's kind of weird that there's that many of them together. Maybe it was a large litter that hasn't been broken up yet, and they're super hungry. You know, there there's a lot of various motivators for you know coyotes to come into property like that, um, but you know, it, it's, you got to understand what these dogs are for. Now I'm not a, a, a livestock guardian expert, right? I, I defer to Neither men I, I know <laughs> who have like forgotten more about livestock guardians than I'll probably ever know. Like they're, they're, it's, it's a unique mindset of the dogs. Like they are unique. And even within that category of livestock guardians, you have some pretty significant temperament, uh, differentiation between individual breeds within that category well, I mean, you know? thinking, thinking about the environmental aspect of the the both of both of those i mean like you know for example the you know the dog that you're talking about a 10 12 month whatever 20 month old dog two-year-old dog 
they're going to develop differently. I mean, thinking about like Molosser breeds, let, let's see, let's even go back to protection style versus a Corso versus a Malinois. I mean, think about that, like adaptation to protection versus actual, like, you know, dogs who are supposed to be, you know, defending the whole livestock. Yeah. But that whole, I, I look at things like that and I try to look big picture and I'm like, okay, let's just watch the sensationalism. There's a word, the sensationalism, you know, they needed a good hero story. And I'm the asshole going, I ain't buying it the way they're selling it. There's something off here. Why do you have to do that, KD? Why can't you just buy into the hero story and just feel good? Well, I like to feel good about truth. I don't like to feel good about fantasies. That's what I did when I believed in Santa. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. No. Right? Like, I'll be the party pooper. So this is this is why I agree we need to distort the reality of completely completely positive overcome things in general because then sometimes like you have to deal with the sometimes you have to deal and especially with dogs if you want to be and like there's this like page I found today it's called white woman comedy there's this <laughs> african-american dude who was always like oh like he's like there's a white woman that'll go out there like I, I we should get him on the podcast at some time there's a white woman to go out there and like there's like a like mountain lion or something like they're there that'll go out there and be like i'll give snickers some hamburger meat and put it in the back of my durango and you know then he'll be my friend and i rescue this animal like you know like there, there's a whole different element to the world that we're not even seeing and then there's the reality of like to like you know today where i mean shoot man like i i probably should be in a hospital right now and i'm still on this podcast you know dealing with stuff that i have to do it's like there's there there is so much exposure that we need to expose to the world versus you know the lack of transparency that comes to instagram that comes through social media there comes through YouTube, all these other things. We're, we're, we're lacking transparency where we need to actually educate people through all the, uh, the garbage grace, uh, garbage stuff that's going on there. Well, social media does not show reality. It shows curated versions of what we want reality to be. And I believe the word you were looking for was transparency. Yes. The we need transparency. Like we need people to see what's real because this curated, cultivated, artificial reality of what people see on social media, it sets some really bad, dangerous expectations. Standards. And it's, yeah, the standards, are, they're, they're completely unreal. So then when you, because you do have to live in reality as much as some people don't want to, the inability to cope with the disparity between what they think it is or should be and what it is, because like nature and the real world will always be authentic as beep, right? Like they will, there's no lion in nature. And the disparity between people's expectations of it based on this curated reality and what it really is, it's going to mess them up. And that's when they, become all just a hot train wreck hostile emotional you know all it's because it's just told over and over, over and over again is this is what it should be this is what it is but it's not and oh man dude i could go down so many side roads on that like i mean without even any work like i got five of them floating right here right now and it's like you know what just keep it moving don't even go down any of them because i see it that much every day with what i do that much well, i mean i i think about it as the sense of well i mean i'll, I'll even talk about like the, the stuff that's behind me like you have inspirational quotes from muhammad ali or whatever maybe things that are behind me 
and the reality of the situation is just like most people like you know they're thinking like oh you got to keep going through it you got to keep going like there's no talk about downtime to talk about what the reality of the process is when it comes to dealing with this type of stuff mentally physically and it's always intuitively different everything is applicationally different like you know you i i i did a, a decoy seminar this last weekend and i talked oh, wasn't it the ground you did the ground game thing the ground game seminar this last weekend Ooh, talk about it talk about it and i was talking to them and i was just like dude i was like man i was like man i was like the way i do my the way that i work my body is different than the way that you're gonna work your body like you should understand this just and this is why i don't do a powerpoint this is why i don't do a you know one systematical version of doing things it's always individual based on the people who are in front of us because i learned from jujitsu you know like you know like i i and again guys if you watch this when i say this next sentence of things do not think i'm being rude or anything like that but i'm the hell what they think just say it i'm a six foot midget so I have a large torso and a little leg and little legs in that sense. So I, I'm I, I'm a large midget in that sense. So the way my body works works different than other people. Wait a minute, what size pants do you wear? I'm um, 36, uh or, I don't know, 34, 30. You do wear 30s. You are you know, I'm sorry, that just answered so many questions that I have. Continue. <laughs> It all makes so, sense now. So like, they, like I tell people, like, hey, like you, you have to learn how to move your body the way that your body works, and it has to be beneficial to you, right? So I show them movements, but I have like there's a there's a large portion where I feel people get bored in my seminars where I'm like, you know, because they're waiting for the next thing to do, and I'm like, no, no, like focus on this one move, and figure out how it makes for your move. Because I think about jujitsu. Because a lot of times when I when I you know learn from some very you know high com high level you know world national competitors in jujitsu mixed martial arts you know guys you know like Jacques or like there's some people I can name drop and I can be like hey like these are people that I've learned from and like things of that nature but think about it their body posture is not my body posture their body lengths are not my body lengths I can't do what I can do with my legs that they can do with their legs. I can't do with my arms. They can do with their arms. So the same thing, I think about it when it comes to the 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 fact of the dog. You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, well, you can't do what I can do. Or you don't have the strength level that I have because I've had to compensate for that. Oh, I just knocked the shell. I'm like, uh, I, you don't have the strength level I have because I've compensated for my, my length of length, uh, uh, leg strength to do this things, you know, like that. So I've had to actually like work more upper body and then, you know, the thing, you know, I talked to the the actual decoys. That's why I kept my de decoy seminar so, uh, so small was the fact that I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, hey, I need to make sure that you guys are physically strong enough to be able to protect the dog and yourself when we're talking about the hit seminar where we're going all uh, through all the rest of this stuff, which they end up getting, uh, getting the understanding of. But you can tell that it was something that they you didn't think of right away which to me kd and i want you to uh, i i want you to sideline on this one to me it's it's crazy that, that this day and age that people don't think about the physicality of a decoy and understanding of what they're talking about not necessarily the paralanguage but the actual physical the like not just being the guy that gets bit I mean, completely overlooking the absolutely relevant and mandatory standards of physical aptitude, athleticism, strength, fitness, endurance, to be able to safely, responsibly, and intelligently work a dog. Is that what you're referencing, Mike? A hundred percent. Like, 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 no, I, I, I am a hundred percent referencing in the sense of like, I mean, do like, I've gone through some things and like in the the decoy world where I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But like, I feel like it's applicable, but like, I feel like decoys in the sense like they're they're just like, and I and I heard this, 
from decoys like i'm gonna catch a dog work a dog do things like that because so much influence in sport they're just like i'm catch and drive turn and burn do things like that i'm like it's like that's not what working a dog is no but that's what they think it is because that's what instagram told them yep tiktok you know it's all highlight real stuff and and then but it happens on all aspects it's like all facets of this you see it so then you'll have people who are i mean i've known some people who are absolutely physically talented you know go right i mean just they got it they they get their reaction time their flexibility their i mean the way they, they can safely catch a dog but they don't have a clue the, the the psychological depth of what's taking like no clue or even worse they have a clue and it's the wrong clue like they're it's like oh my gosh you're so talented like you're physically like you got it you got it but man i don't want you working my dog yeah it's but i think that's everything though i mean i don't think i we didn't just say anything really too profound i mean i think any any avenue any activity you know you're gonna have people who are like just naturally going to be good at carrying it out then you're going to have people who maybe struggle carrying it out but they know what's going on and they there's always like that area of future strength like all right, I got to be smarter about what I'm doing. That's where I'm lacking. Oh, I got to get in better shape because I know what to do. I just can't last more than 30 seconds to get it done. Um, and then you got the superstars who are the total package and they can do both. So let's talk about that. Let's actually talk about the actual people who, let's say you're not the total package. Because we've talked about balance before. Mm -hmm. If you're not the total package, like in my opinion, because I for me, like I've always thought that I'm never like you know I'm never the total package. Like I I have to work harder. I need no breaks, and I and there's uh one thing that on my Instagram actually you know, on my you my Facebook I think you know like the memory thing pops up, and I'll quote this from this day of. This is why I love the fact that we're doing recorded stuff, KD. So I can re-edit. But basically, in, my, in the basis of what I was saying was that you have to burn the candles at both ends when you're learning how to get things done. Like, you have to go hard. Like, you have to go hard. Like, you can't be like, oh, look at, like, and, like, for me, and I'll give a reference, like, when I looked at, like, when I was boxing, I'm, like, looking at Floyd Mayweather, I'm looking at, like, Canelo, looking at these guys who have private jets, all these different things. I'm doing that. And I'm, like, I, I, I want that, but how do they get to that? How did I get to that? Was through hard work, through perseverance, through not taking days off, through doing things they got to do. In, in that sense and, I, and I, I apply that to dog training but I also burnt a lot of motherfuckers in that sense because most people don't ever don't want that type of lifestyle and Katie you've referenced this uh, multiple times before you know some people aren't built for that but does that make them lesser of people or do they need to make their own path in that sense because I've learned this like in in life where I can't teach all my guys the same way that I learned just because I am the way that I am. I have to make sure that I teach them in the way that they are, but they understand the same aspect of it to where, hey, this is work. You're going to have to work. Did that make sense at all? Or did I just blow a bunch of smoke up my ass right now? It made sense to me. And that's all that matters because <laughs> no, you're, you're you're talking fundamental teaching right so fundamental teaching principle is yeah how you learned has absolutely nothing to do with how you might have to teach if you have a room full of 10 people they could be 10 very different people very different aptitudes very different strengths very different future strengths it's not 
you know, again, shout out to Justin Garcia. He hit me with this one time, one of my mentors. He's like, it's not in the pitch. It's in the catch. And what he means is, you know, you're a teacher. How you threw it doesn't matter if they didn't catch it. You can't blame the student for not catching what you threw. There are exceptions to the rule. We're not talking about exceptions. But it's your job as a teacher to identify how that student is best going to learn. Don't we talk about that with dogs all the time? Train the dog in front of you? You know, it's, you know, I'm very outspoken about cookie cutter training and, you know, a methods-based approach. You know, I'm the anti-method guy. I don't know principles over methods because you have to train the dog in front of you. And different dogs have different reinforcers. Different dogs find different things punishing. You know, same thing with people. You're teaching people. You got to figure out. So how you learned it, okay, that's cool. It worked for you. You might want to, you, you can try bringing that into your teaching. But as you're growing as a teacher, a teacher of anything, of anything, that means human and other species, you're constantly, one of the most, uh, one of the most important attributes of a teacher is being a good student. And a lot of people forget that. I am the teacher. No, okay, but you're also a student. How can I be both? The fact that you asked that question means you shouldn't even be a teacher yet. Like, the teacher is always a student of the student. Meaning, your job as a teacher is to learn as much as you can about those you're trying to teach. So, you're learning who they are. You should be listening. You should be observing. You should be watching all those pitches and see what balls they're dropping and then figure out why they're dropping them and then make your adjustments. See if they're still dropping. Make your adjustment. See if they're still dropping. Make your adjustment. Oh, they held that one. Why did they hold that one? And then you refine the process. And this is this can happen in a matter of minutes. This could be happening over weeks. It all depends on the nature of the, the teacher-student relationship and what's going on, what you're trying to teach. So... People who aren't the total package. That's how we got on this. Like, if you're not the total package, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't, not many None people are. are. No. <laughs> just no don't, you know, you don't view yourself as broken. You just view yourself as I got some future strengths. And, and all. And listen, like, this is nothing I came up with. This is stuff I learned from my mentors. Um, I, looking at what you need to work on and just putting in the dang work. And yeah, you're going to have some late nights. You're going to have some long days. You're going to have some tough sessions and you just push through them if you want to be better, if you want to be yeah. stronger. And and this is to somebody, because we talked about this being a lifestyle podcast before. This is to people who maybe be watching this right now and like being like, oh, damn, like, you know, I get you guys are on tangents or whatever it may be. But like, you know, in, in, in the reality of the situation is that I mean, I'll speak on myself per se is that you know i mean man like i've been through some traumatic situations like i sometimes i sometimes figure out how to deal with behavioral issues i have to deal with my own self and how to cope with them and deal with like pressure release all these different things on my own self to in, individually be like okay i have to work with the dog that's in front of me you know and, and it, it all kind of i i, I think in general well, if you learn how to not master yourself but maintain yourself and learn how to reward specific behaviors, but also neglect or, you know, correct certain behaviors that helps you with dealing with dogs who have some issues. If you learn how to deal with yourself in general, you can learn how to deal with a dog who may want to maul you. And, they, and they, that's how it happened for me. You know, like I've had dogs, like that's all I got. You know, I got the dogs that I got or where the dogs were, you know, I, no other trainer would take i mean some of the most world renowned trainers that i have that are in my area they sent to me because they wouldn't take but i was willing to challenge that because at that time you know and still now and always i understood mentally like okay if i wouldn't take that dog that's because i wasn't mentally ready to take that dog mm-hmm so then I was like, you know, let me challenge myself. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's do this. Let's challenge myself and let's do that. And we end up doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's that pair of lanes we talk about. 
You gotta be ready for it. Right, Kitty? You gotta be ready for anything. Yeah. And these are all the things that help a that will help a dog owner improve life with their dog. Like this yeah. is what I work on with my clients. It is I, I hardly ever talk about how to hold a damn leash. I mean, do we mention it? Yeah. But well, wait a minute. Okay. Tangent. More vent, rant, whatever. Dude, people struggle with long lines. No. I think one of the most frequent reminders or things I have to say, I don't think there's anything I've had to comment on more than stop bunching the line up in your hands. People have obsession with holding 50 foot of long line in the right hand and spooling it up and reeling it out and spooling it up and reeling it out. I'm like, drop the line. I'm sorry. I just had to say that because that I said, I mentioned leashes and then it made me think of that. And I just had to tell someone the other day, drop the line. And for any dog owners listening or like people listening, guys, stop bunching the long line up in your hands. Like just stop doing it. Just drop it. Just, just let it flow. Let it flow. Let the long line flow. <laughs> People ask me, can I put a pinch on my dog yet? I'm like, yeah, you can't even handle a long line. When you can handle a long line, just not trip over it. Just not like, like, and then you want to worry about giving timely and appropriate and fair corrections. Um, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, man. Not, none of us are the total package. And we have to accept that, embrace it, not whine about it, and be excited. It Be excited at the opportunity to improve upon it and build <laughs> build our package that sounds funny <laughs> build our package uh, i'm still 12 years old we we, we stayed 13 forever 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 young <laughs> oh my goodness awesome guys so basically if you watch this uh drinks and daughter podcast we're talking about be responsible for your dogs. Also, our sponsors go ahead and do the read. KD, who was our sponsor? Well, I mean, big, big, big shout out to Ray Allen Manufacturing, USA based, USA built quality products, not just. And hey, guys, I'm not reading anything. This is what I know about the company. Um, made here in the United States by hand, yeah. by people, real people in a building that can talk to the owner that can talk to management. Like it's completely connected. This is not some, you know, far away place, giant machine. No, it's, it's people making quality products. And you know, one thing I, I must say here while I'm talking about Ray Allen, um, I've met a lot of people who think that they only, like do police K nine tactical military. Like, are they a leader in that space? Absolutely. Undeniably. However, I send my pet dog people there to get quality leashes, to get quality collars, quality toys. Like, I don't care who you are. If you have a dog, I highly recommend not just because, I mean, before they sponsored us, I was sending people there to Ray Allen, manufacturing that's about about as organic J of a sponsor mention as you can get j and j is real and that's one of the biggest akc sponsorships that people don't know about because that's pedigree so mm -hmm. what katie said is kind of I mean automatically that's fluid that's there all right guys so Again, thank you. This is episode 27. Thank you, KD. Love you. Thank you, man, for sucking it up and hanging out today for this. I know you're not feeling well. Oh, I am dying. I if if you 
once I get off this, I'm probably going to just curl on the floor and you know, kind of go into. I'm loving season two, man. I'm this is to, this is different. And to any of our like faithful followers, like people who've been watching, like th this is a different season, man. And I'm digging it. This is why I could not stop today. Like, I was just like, dude, like, I feel better. I can, I can make it happen because I feel season two, like, and what we have to offer to the world is so much, it's so much more important. Like, I, yeah. I like, like, you know, I, I'm it's so much more too. important than your butt. Yeah. I mean, like, besides the fact that I'm going to throw up in my fucking you know, tub I have that I'll get over here. But, like, you know, in, in the same thing, like, you know, I, I am. I'm very pumped with season two with a lot of stuff we have to go. But so I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate uh, you. I'm Thank you, everybody up. watching. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Make sure you like, subscribe, share all this stuff. We are doing this for free on all the elements out there. Spotify, you know, Apple, freaking podcast. What else are we on, G? YouTube. YouTube, the RRS stuff. You make sure that you subscribe like and share it because we're out here sacrificing our time for you guys to talk about things that you all need answers to so i appreciate you to kd i'm gonna go ahead and run to the restroom i love you love it to you bye bye walk don't run i will i, I can't i can't rock i can't run i can walk <laughs> love you brother bye bye see ya bye